0: Exciting, exciting times. Uh, wow, it's good to see you all. It's uh, amazing how many people are here. So <laughs> I thought this is awesome weekend to be talking because everybody's going to be up at church camp. So, <laughs> um, But uh, no, it's really it's, it's good to be here. And I thank you all for for uh, the opportunity to 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 share with you what God's laid on my heart. Um, so. I'll be talking on Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. And the, the reason I chose this passage um, is, I don't know, I was asked a couple months ago to do this, you know, to preach. And and I thought, hmm, do I want to? But that Tuesday, Glenn had shared during our, our Tuesday night prayer time, had shared this passage. And, and um, so that was in June sometime. And... Uh, we had finished up Bible study fellowship I had. I'm, I, I, I'm part of Bible study fellowship. It's a study that keeps me in the word on a daily basis. And it, it's so important. And what I found was, here's June, that ended in May, here's June. And I had not been on that daily basis in the word. And so Glenn's sharing this. And so when when I was asked, and it was that same week I was asked, I thought, this will get me back into the word. (laughs) So a little selfish um, ambition here, but at the same time, it is so true because just that's what this passage is about. It's about seeking God. It's about walking with God. It's about a constant relationship with him. And, and when I'm not studying, when I'm not hold, held accountable, (laughs) I find myself strained. There's always other things to do. So, I just wanted to share with you why why I'm here speaking on this passage, and that was largely it. But this is so relevant for I think for all of us. And so, anyhow, um, as I share this morning, you'll I'm going to be talking about a lot of sharing a lot of different passages. I apologize I didn't put those in the sermon notes. Um, so, if you're taking notes, be prepared. there's going to be a lot of different passages as I was talking to Tim earlier. and if Tim gives up and gives me a bad time, you guys get scored him out so <laughs> um, but I was talking to Tim earlier and and you know one of the concerns is that that I'm not sharing the the and I'm sharing an incorrect word from the Lord. That's a, you know, and, and I don't want to do that. So the way to do that is by just sharing a lot of passages from, from scripture. So, so that's my way of doing that. So you'll hear me uh, doing a lot of this. Um, so just a little, little bit of a background here. Um, Paul is um, talking or he wrote, has written this letter to the church in Ephesus. So the Ephesian to the Ephesian Christians. So that's very important to know. This is to the Christian community there in Ephesus. And he wrote it in AD 62, right around there. And he was in Rome in prison. So so here he is, he's in Rome in prison, kind of under house arrest, if you will. But you can imagine that he's seeing a lot of soldiers around right? When he looks around, he sees soldiers. And so he sees them in this armor, this garb that I'm going to be talking about. But, but Paul is in tune with Christ. And so he's trying to bring out this idea of how Christians should live. So, so after this, this book of uh, Ephesians, Paul opens it up and he's talking about the spiritual blessings in Christ. He's talking about how we're made alive in Christ. Um, the marvelous plan that God had for the Gentiles, right? It's all this stuff. And then he goes into talking about the unity and maturity of the body of Christ, and then instructions for Christian living, and then instructions for Christian household. So that's kind of the background, right? There's a lot of stuff Paul covers there, but it's important to know that because uh, when we get started on the first verse, you'll see it starts out finally. So he's referring back to all that. But anyhow, um, I've, I've titled this, this, this sermon, uh, Jesus, God's Full Armor. Jesus, God's Full Armor. And that word full is whole, complete. There, it's not lacking anything. It's, it's full, it's whole, it's all. Um, and so I wanted to kind of make that clear <laughs> that uh, Jesus is God's full armor for us. So that's what we're talking about. Um, Next slide there, Sean. So our big idea for today is our unceasing, ongoing, daily relationship with Christ, with Jesus, prepares us for enemy attacks. I'm going to go back to what I said in the beginning. It's so easy to get distracted and away from things. I, I find myself... That way, it's that I could just get. But if I'm not walking with Christ on a daily basis, I'm not preparing myself for what the enemy has in store, and we don't know what that is. Um, and and so it's so important to keep ourselves prepared on a daily basis. And yeah, let's go to the introduction there. So um, so so I'm going to start out with Blackbeard as the introduction. <laughs> so so um. A young man in the late 1600s, Edward Teach, joined the crew of a a British ship that was headed to the Caribbean. Much later in his nautical career, um, he managed to capture a merchant vessel and turn it into a 40-gun warship. So imagine, and Teach soon became known as Blackbeard, and he was a feared pirate in in that hemisphere at the time. Blackbeard had some success as a pirate. Obviously, they feared him, but his career was abruptly ended when he encountered a contingent of the British Royal Navy. <laughs> yeah, pretty major. Uh, in a desperate battle, he and his fellow pirates were killed, putting an end to their terrorizing exploits. So you go, well, what does this have to do with anything? <laughs> Long ago in the heavenly places, an angel fell into spiritual piracy. Lucifer was a cherub who stood in the radiant glory of God. To check this out, go to Ezekiel 28, through 15, and you'll get to see that. It's pretty amazing. Um, but his own self-love... So, so God made this, this cherub. God created this cherub just to bring him praise and glory, bring God praise and glory... But the cherub, Lucifer's own self-love, replaced love for his creator. Desiring to be like the Most High, he led a rebellion and was cast out of heaven. For that, go to Isaiah 14, 12 through 15. Today, he and his henchmen are doing whatever they can to commandeer the lives of human beings. Very important that we, we understand that. And again, you can look in Luke eight twelve. And 2 Corinthians 4, 4, 4, for for that. So even so, we, the church, do not need to be afraid. So important. Satan is a dangerous enemy, very dangerous. But Jesus sealed his ultimate, Satan's ultimate fate when he rose, Christ rose from the dead. And Jesus has given us everything, the church, everything we need to withstand the devil's attacks. Which brings us to Ephesians 6, in the passage that we're studying today. And that was uh, written by Dennis Fisher. And, and right along with it come the words from a song that um, uh, I really like, uh, A Mighty Fortress. Um, and though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear for God has willed his triumph, his truth to triumph through us. And Martin Luther wrote that. so. Um, I, I want to start that out as, um, as, as we get into the text. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't have my Bible up here. and kind of lost a little bit without that. We, we have been um, packing up, we've been remodeling over time. So we packed it up, put it somewhere and it's in a box that we haven't unpacked yet. So, so forgive me, I'm, I will be reading a lot of this um, just off of my notes. Um, let me, I'm gonna start out with just reading the passage and then I'm going to come back to this, to the, the different parts of the passage as we go through it. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, pray also, pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So that's Paul in this this passage, um, Ephesians uh, 6, 10 through 20. And and I will, we can move on to the next as we start out the divisions. And I have three divisions that I broke out into this. Um, the The first division is uh ten through twelve, and then I went thirteen uh through eighteen and then the last two verses for the third division and uh, you know again Bible study fellowship what a blessing and so being able to learn how to do some way of breaking it down i sent uh sent my my uh outline to, that you have in there to Adriana and, and at the top, because of Bible study fellowship, I put homiletics, and then I put the the passage and she's like, what is homiletics? (laughs) And, And so that's just a way of, uh, breaking out the passage and looking at it. And, and again, something I've learned from Bible study fellowship. So this first division I've titled our strength, our enemy and our struggle. Um, So verse 10 is the the first one, our strength. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Be strong. In this way, Paul, there's a number of different ways, but let's just look at that word. Our heart must be set on serving Christ. So be stout-hearted, be strong-hearted. That's part of it. Be strong. Um, Since the Ephesians were already, they already had were in the Lord, their strength was in the Lord, Paul is telling them to continue in that strength, right? So have a strong heart, but continue in that strength. Maintain it, it's a daily type of thing. And be strong in service, be strong in suffering, and be strong in the fight. And obviously, as Christians, we we suffer. And uh, There is much suffering, we all know that, um, and I think, I think Paul also being in chains, recognize that and that we are in a fight. It's a battle constantly. And that's really what this passage is about as we serve the Lord. So Paul is telling us to be strong in all those, but he doesn't say just be strong in your own strength. He says, um, be strong in the Lord. This phrase occurs roughly 35 times in Ephesians, which is kind of amazing in the Lord. The whole secret of spiritual strength resides in our union with Christ. That's, that's the point. Our strength resides as, as we abide in Christ. That's where we get our strength from. It doesn't come from ourselves. Um, and then in his mighty power, um, our courage is cowardice. Our own strength is weakness. Just something we were talking about. So in his mighty power, uh, God is really all-sufficient. Um, it is His strength we go forward in and battle with. It's not ours, it's His. Ephesians 3.16, uh, Paul, Paul, prays, Paul prays for his audience. Um, Paul prays his audience is strengthened by the power through the Spirit. So again, Paul is trying to say, you know, this power is not yours. It's through the Spirit. It's through Christ. And is bringing that up it is Jesus' strength and power, but in faith and walk in relationship with Him, with Christ, it is made ours. Again, I want to keep on focusing back. This is all in Christ, um, our strength and our enemy. Now, um, the next the next part of this verse is put on the full armor of God and take your stand against the devil's tactics. We'll talk later on about the put put on the full armor of God, but. I want to focus on the devil's tactics, so our enemy. Um, first of all, the devil is a liar. We know that to be the case. Look in the Garden of Eden, uh, Genesis 3, 1 through 5. That's very clear. And then in John 8, Jesus said to the Jews, "'You belong to the father, the devil, "'and you want to carry out your father's desires. "'He was a murderer from the beginning, "'not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. He, when he lies, he speaks his native language for he is a liar and the father of lies. Satan is a liar. And that's, he wants to, he's going to continue to whisper lies in us. And, and it's important to know that because that's what we'll be preparing ourselves for. Um, and then, then how often do you hear that? Even as I prepared for this, you're not worthy to be teaching. You're not worthy to be saying this, right? That's a lie. Those are things that come at you. Um, and, 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 you know, again, people have been praying for me, but I imagine this afternoon, you know, those same lies will be hitting again. And I, I know pastor Sean's talked about this quite often is that in the afternoon on Sundays, he'll go home and he'll think, oh, that didn't hit. And these are lies because God's word tells us it does not come back void, right? We, we put out a message and God does the work. It's not me. It's not pastor Sean. It's God that does that work. So, Satan's also a deceiver. He, he acts dishonestly, unfairly, to gain an advantage, and he's trying to do that. He is here to steal, kill, and destroy relationships, hearts, minds, bodies, and God's creation. Um, see John 10.10 10 for that. This, obviously, is not an exhaustive list, but you probably get the idea. Um, Satan tries to attack us, both in the flesh and in the spiritual realm. So we, we really need to understand who our enemy is, and that's, that's why that part is, that's why that's there. So, so we've looked at our strength, our struggle, our, our, our enemy, and now our struggle. And there's two parts to our struggle. The first part is our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Uh, let me say that again. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. We see this today so clearly. We want to fight against people. That's not our struggle. Our struggle's not against people. Our struggle, again, is not against, it's not against the rich or the homeless. It's not against the black, brown, red, or white people. It's not against the white-collar, blue-collar peat workers. It's not against aged and the youth. It's not against the elephants or the donkeys. It's not against the vaccinator or the unvaccinated. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's so important to know that. No, we need to respond to people like Jesus did. We need to respond to the flesh and blood like, like Jesus has. Um, in, in, in Colossians 2.10, um, we see this. Um, but also, when you look at Matthew 5, 43 through 44, it's really Jesus' is love your enemy. He's talking to people, talking about people. Love your enemy. Turn the other cheek. It's about people. Matthew 5, 38 through 40, or Luke 6, 29. And return good for evil. That's about people. It's important to know that. He's not talking about this The next part that I'm going to talk about, he's talking about flesh and blood. Our struggle is not against each other. We've seen lately how things have gone, just everything going on. And what I see is a lot of the church has turned on each other. And that's because we're attacking people. We're not going, we're not attacking the force that we need, which is this next part. Our struggle is against evil in this dark world and the heavenly realms. So important to know our struggle is against evil in this dark world and the heavenly realms our struggles against Satan and his de- demonic henchmen who tempt us to sin, who tempt us to sin, tempt us to sin by lying. Say, say at work or home, you know, if I get in trouble or I wanna get out of trouble or I wanna get something, right? We, you, you maybe tell a little lie, no. Or right, tempting us to lust after a person or a car or in my case, a trailer, right? (laughs) You you know, or a sewing machine or a new home, right? Whatever it is, right? These are things that we have to really go, and I'm not saying the sewing machine, car, trailer are bad, but we have to keep this in mind. What's going on here? What, you know, are we lusting after this or is this something that we're being called to, to get? Or he causes us to doubt who we are in Christ and the purposes he gave us. There's so many things that we're struggling against. Our struggle is also against our own fleshly desires, um, our sin nature that tempts us. In James 1, 13 through 14, it says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does He tempt anyone. But every person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. So we have to really recognize where our struggle is against. It is against those dark powers in this world and in the heavenly realms. So just quickly, um, our strength to fight the evil one comes only from our relationship with Jesus, right? That's something we talked about. So let me ask, and it's... I'll continue with other questions, but what is your relationship with Jesus, right? What is your relationship to Jesus? We must be prepared to clothe ourselves for this battle, but as I'm saying, um, it's, it is Christ that we're putting on. This is, it's Jesus, and so uh, um, in this next Division. Paul gives us, and you could turn to the next division there. Thank you. Uh, Paul gives us instructions to stand firm against the enemy. So this is a, a little longer division here, folks, and uh, hopefully I'm doing all right with the timing. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it will go through quite a few passages, and and we'll see how Paul's instructions turn out here with standing firm against the enemy. So it starts out with, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, and I'm going to stop there. What is the therefore, therefore, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Paul is saying as a result of what I've been just telling you, right? There's in light of what I was just saying, and when he's talking about our struggle and our enemy. Hold on to your relationship with Christ. Hold on to that. Don't, uh, don't allow that to fade. Hold on to it. Um, as Sarah brought up, thank you, Sarah, for sharing the song. So, so awesome. The power in the name of Jesus is the armor God provides that allows us to stand firm, to stand secure, to stand against evil. Each piece of the armor is that we're going to be talking about is a quality, a characteristic, an attribute of Christ. It's not something that is a function, right? There's, there's not a, it's not separate. In fact, let me give you a little illustration of that. Um, I like to bicycle. Um, yesterday went out for a beautiful ride in the morning. Um, and let's say I wanted to upgrade everything. That's another thing I, I lust about. <laughs> and, and I got a brand new bike and helmet and clothes and all the stuff, but I did not get new shoes. I can't ride right? It takes a specific shoe to ride. So uh, the point I'm getting at is, is as we look through this armor here, as we look through these pieces of armor, they're all attributes of God. They're all go together. They're not separate. It's not like I could take, take, uh, the shield of faith and that's it, right? Or our salvation. Yes, you're saved, but without the rest, you're you're up for attack. So um, we have to put these all together. Evil will come. Um, so that's a part. Put on the full armor of God so that when the day, day of evil comes, it's not if it will come, it's when it will come. It will come. And knowing evil will come, put on the full armor of God. That gets back to what I was saying earlier. Not some parts of it, not, not pieces, but the whole, the entire garment, put on all of Christ. For instance, like I just said, faith is necessary for salvation, but faith alone does not protect against, does not fully protect against the evil one, the, evil's, the evil one's attacks. So um, only Christ, all of Christ does. So 13b, the second part of that, as I have up here, YOU MAY BE ABLE TO STAND YOUR GROUND AND AFTER YOU HAVE DONE EVERYTHING TO STAND." SO WE TALKED A LITTLE BIT ABOUT STAND. IF YOU LOOK AT YOUR PASSAGE, THERE'S A NUMBER OF STANDS IN THERE. I THINK THERE'S FOUR OR FIVE WORDS, STAND. Um, STAND YOUR GROUND, Um, STAND FIRM, steadfast. TAKE YOUR STAND, DRAW A LINE IN THE SAND, Um, HOLD YOUR GROUND. Our ability to stand is based on our foundation, our relationship with Christ. (laughs) I think you guys are starting to see it, but everything here is based on our relationship with Jesus. It's it's like drawing a line in the sand and saying to evil, you will not pierce this plane, right? You will not come past this. Um, In in, uh, Eliot's commentary, it conveys bravery and activity. And, and so when I see this, it, it is like you're standing and it's a firm stand we'll talk about all, all this, but you're not moving. And in fact, it's almost an offensive pose. It's bravery and activity. So it's, it's not passive, it's not resting and sitting back. It's, it's standing firm. And the other part about that, if one falls into temptation Or sins they backslide and it's kind of interesting when you think about standing firm and you get hit you fall into temptation you sin you are no longer standing firm but you're backsliding you're sliding backwards you've lost your footing you're 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 no longer grounded Um, so and after you have done everything done everything stand (laughs) and I I go what what is done everything what do you mean by that so Done all you can. Held up as long as you can. In 1 Corinthians Corinthians 10, 13, it says, Paul says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can endure it. Know that there will be suffering during this battle, but God will provide a way out. That's a promise. Right? God will provide. So that's what stand uh, and, until and done everything you can. God will provide a way out. So our job is to stand, take it along as long as we can. He will take care of that. And then we move into now the, the next, as we move into these pieces of armor he again tells us, "Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist." And so uh, now we're going to be talking about the characteristics of God. and And first one here: Jesus is truth. John, uh, Jesus says in John fourteen six, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." And then in John sixteen thirteen, Jesus says. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. And finally, in Psalms one nineteen one sixty, it says, all your words are true. All your righteous laws are eternal. The belt of truth is the attribute of Jesus that we can wrap around us. And, and it's really kind of interesting because you go, well, why is this first? And, and I had to think about this and dwell on it um, as we abide in Christ, our reliance on him becomes greater and greater. If I didn't believe that Christ is true, if I didn't believe the truth about him, I don't know if I would have, in faith, accepted him. And I know that faith is a gift, but this is, the truth is so important. Is he true or not? I, this is a question that we all have to ask, because if he's true then we need to follow him. Everything that we do has to be based on that truth. Again, is he our foundation or not? The the belt of truth holds in in the armor theme, the belt of truth holds all the armor together, right? You have the sword of the spirit here on the side. There's a place for your your, um, shield. The, The breastplate of righteousness doesn't just hold on the shoulders, it rests on that belt, tooth, so you're the belt of truth. And so you're not carrying all that weight, right? Um, and these are things that, that go together. So it's important that we understand what the belt of truth is. Um, we have to believe Jesus is the truth to move forward. That's the bottom line. Additionally, God's truth is an objective standard outside of ourselves. It's an object, objective standard um, as an engineer i I use uh, especially around the house, not so much in the office, but uh, I use the plumb line. Anybody ever use a plumb line before? Yeah, you know it has a weight on the bottom, and gravity holds that straight up and down, right If you put a level on it it 's straight up and down. Jesus is our plumb line he 's the one that tells us what 's straight up and down right he he is the one that we need to align ourselves with. And, and so uh, it's important that we understand it. that is truth. <laughs> it's straight. Uh, the world tries to tell us there are other truths, but there is only one truth. It's Jesus. Oh, that's so important. Only one truth. It's Jesus. And I, and I pledge allegiance to the truth of God. Being in line with God and his truth is the only place to be. And I hope you feel the same. We have to align ourselves with Jesus. So that belt of truth goes around, and that's, that's kind of the, the key to hold everything together. And then it moves on to the 14b, the, the second part of that, with the breast, breastplate of righteousness in place. Romans 3:21 and 22 says, But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. And then 1 Corinthians 1.30 tells us Jesus is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. When a believer in faith surrenders their life to Christ, God credits us, the believer, with Jesus' righteousness. Right? That's, that's where that comes from. At the moment you and I place our our faith, our trust in Christ, we are made right in God's eyes. Pretty amazing to think about. It's a, it's it's not of our own. This is God um, that's doing all this. Yet daily our struggles with temptation, we all struggle with temptation and impure thoughts, and, and that's that's hard. And you think, well, how does that work? You know, I'm made right. Uh, therefore, Paul in Philippians four eight says, "Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things." In other words, don't dwell on on the bad. Dwell on the good. Dwell on the things that are positive. Right, right. That's that way. We're not falling into this idea of struggling with impure thoughts or temptations, right? We're thinking about what is good and right. And all those things come from the Lord. This doesn't mean we ignore the world around us. And I want to make, you know, it does, we don't ignore the world around us, but instead we see the world through the eyes of Christ. Two different things, right? What's our vision of the world around us? Is it through the eyes of Jesus. Are we looking at Scripture? Are we listening to the Holy Spirit? Are we hearing biblical teaching? These are things that are important. With the breastplate of righteousness in place to protect our hearts and our core, we are much less likely to violate our marriages through cheating, right? Or plunder our workplaces or our government by stealing taxes or whatever, are pillaging our communities, you know, cursing or out, out, outburst of anger at people that maybe think differently than us, turning against our neighbor. These are things that are not right. They are not righteous. John eight twelve, uh, Jesus says, He is the light of the world. Those who follow Him will not walk in darkness. And I, I could put change that darkness with unrighteousness. So when we're with him, we are walking in the light. We are walking in righteousness. So are you living according to your own righteousness? Or are you rejoicing because Jesus' righteousness is credited to you? So moving on. (laughs) We'll go to the next one. Thank you. Um, And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And I, it's kind of interesting. So we talked about you, you know the, um, the belt to truth and the breastplate of righteousness. And then here he puts the feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And I had to ask, why is this here? How does this fit with the context of the passage? And, and so I, I went to the, the end of this and said, the gospel of peace, let's take a look at that. And, and when I talk about gospel, it's the great news. It's the awesome news. Uh, um, of Jesus. And why good news? You know, in Romans 5, one through two, it says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Again, another thing about standing, but the fact is, is that we have peace with God. That's a, that's a big deal. Before we, before Jesus saved us, before salvation, before we acknowledged him as our Lord and Savior, we were at enemy, at at war. We were an enemy of God's. We were at war with God. And now we are saved and we have peace with God. But now we're warned against the enemy, which is Satan. So very important to know that. A number of different verses in all this. The great news for all mankind is that when we place our faith and trust in Jesus, we are united with our Father in heaven and saved from eternal death, which is separation from God. We we are for eternity saved and with him. That is a peace. Believers are at peace with God through Christ. Um The gospel enlists us as Christ's army, and it sends us out to fight Christ's battle in Christ's armor and His strength. So, so that's what the gospel does for us. That kind of interesting. And so, the, the the first part. Then you go, okay, that's the gospel. What about the feet fitted with the readiness of the foundation? And I believe this is saying that we we to be ready to stand. We need to be ready to stand on the message of the gospel. Right, that's, that's how we stand. We're standing firm, we're sharing the gospel, we're sharing the great news. The gospel is, priest, is a peace-bringing power, peace with God, which is worth fighting for. So, you know, one of the questions, am I allowing God to guide my feet to share the gospel um, following his call? We are in a battle, and the devil stands to steal our, he, he's there to steal our peace. But Jesus is our foundation, our sure, sure footing so we can stand, on, stand against the evil forces um, that try to tempt us to sin, that cause our minds to become fearful, that cause anxiety to well up. I mean, there's all these different things in life that, that Jesus is there to help us with. The evil one's trying to get us, but he's there. Jesus overcomes any obstacle to our peace. It's a again, I, I there's a lot here, <laughs> and uh, I hope I'm not losing you all, <laughs> but um, it's it, there's a lot, and, and as I got into it, it was quite exciting, right? And and you think, oh, this will take me so long, and then it just keeps on going because there's just more and it keeps unpacking, and so um, so the, there's uh, I, five items that we have that we've talked about, but I in this, in this division, I, I have six because, uh, and I'll show you the last one ends up in prayer. But as we move on, this the fourth item here, the fourth attribute of Christ is, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Um, I believe Paul is speaking to us here individually and collectively. Um, and why do I say that? You know, it says disti- to distinguish to extinguish all the, f- the fiery arrows or darts of the wicked one. And, and you guys see that picture that I have up next to there. Um, as the body of Christ, it's kind of like the, the collective arm, right? The, the collective body. When we stand together with our shield of faith, there's less chance of those fiery darts and, and arrows getting to us, right? And that's why this is, when you hear me talk about the prayer the last part of this division, this is part of this, um, that this is another reason why it's so important to remain an active member of the church, the body of Christ. Again, when we come together, when we're standing in faith together, there's more protection. We're there to protect, um, Hebrews 1.11 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance in what we do not see. And I'm confident I will spend eternity with Jesus. Are you? You know, Are you confident of that? Since scripture is truth, it, it tells us there is an unseen spiritual battle raging. And there is. You and I best have our, our shield of faith in place. And then, then it talks about extinguishing the flaming arrows or darts of the evil one uh, these were kind of uh, tips that were lit on fire that they shoot. And so, you know, maybe it would come over a wall like the, the wall there. And then all of a sudden these, these arrows, these flaming arrows would just be coming at them, right? It's, and, and so that's why the shield of faith, faith is there to protect. Um, some of the things that the darts and the enemy, again, mostly when we talk about this, it's in our mind right? How often are you there and something happens? And then all of a sudden you go, why did I think that? Where did that come from? And and I believe that's what this is talking about. And that's what some of the commentators said. But when you think about our desires or our appetites, our pride, our passions, revenge, lust, or maybe on the other side, coward, cowardliness or weakness, right? When we're told that we're weak, or we can't do this, or you're a coward and you won't step forward, right? We're, and you believe that lie, then, then you're less likely to step into what God has for us. These are just items, areas that, that believers are tempted and that, that, that Satan's trying to attack with those fiery darts. With Jesus as our shield, though, our, our shield of faith he is the only one that quenches. He quenches those fiery darts, right? He's the one that puts them out. I, I just see him, right, just poof, plucking them out of the air, right? Poof, and it just goes out. It's snuffed. Um, you know, when lust comes to mind, we need to run to Jesus, right? He's the one. Uh, when pride puffs up, we need to focus on Jesus. It's not me. It's him, right? And, and there's so many things in our life that come up for that. 1 John 4:4 says... You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, the, the evil one, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So are you, are you struggling with your desires, appetites, passions, pride, etc.? Uh, do you struggle with yourself, your identity, or your purpose? Shield yourself with Jesus and your temptations and doubts will fade away. Shield yourself with Jesus. And then the last, uh, I'm going to say peace, but again, like I said, there's one more, is the helmet of salvation. And salvation has a a past, present, and future tense to it. It also has... um, Jesus saved, and as we look at salvation, we receive, we receive from Jesus. It saves us from sin, all sin's aspects, guilt, power, and, and penalty. And so I really think those go together. So as we look at the past and our guilt, um, the Father, Father God sent Jesus so that uh, those who believe and trust in him will be saved from sin and death. Once a person declares with their mouth, "Jesus is Lord," and believes in their heart that God raised Him from the dead, they will be saved. That's Romans ten nine. And then, in Romans eight one, we read, "Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus." That's no guilt, no condemnation. So, so when at that moment we trusted in Jesus, we were saved at that moment, and at that moment all our guilt is taken away. Jesus removes it. It's gone, right? And, and so we could stand there. Jesus' work of atonement for us is finished. It's done. So that was the past, right, in, that, in those terms. And then we look at the present, right, uh, salvation for the present and, and how we're being saved from the power of evil. Uh, Philippians 2, 12 through 13 says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you and will act, and, and who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Work out the salvation is the part that I was bringing up there. In other words, it's, it's present, it's a present thing. In fact, Paul speaks oftenly about. Um, being saved in 1 Corinthians 1:18 he says for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing but to us who are being saved it is the power of god so it's a again a present present tense the pat the best part of all this is that sin has no power over the person a person in christ jesus defeated satan and the power of Uh, of sin at the cross once we invite Jesus to be Lord and King of our lives there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God nothing and that's Romans 8 37 and 39 and finally finally here as we talk about the helmet of salvation we look at the future and the penalty so where where do we stand what salvation do for us in the in the future, or what's our salvation in the future? and, and how does that deal with our penalty? Um, we, we, have, uh, we have a hope um, for eternity with God, right? And a deliverance from the penalty, right? John 3:16 says, "For God so loved the world that He gave his one and only son to whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life." In other words, eternal life is with God perishing is the penalty that we would have. And, and we don't have either of those, right? So the salvation saves us from both. Yeah. So, 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 you know, again, I'm, I'm probably preaching like Paul was to the Christians in Ephesus, um, probably preaching to a group of Christians here, but I need to fearlessly preach the gospel, which is the good news, the great news of Jesus. So have you asked Jesus to be the Lord and King of your life? Right? Have you asked him to to do that? Does joy, does the joy of salvation shine through you on a daily basis? Are you praising Jesus for the salvation he has given you? And I need to move on because time is running. so, um, uh, you know, and then it says, uh, take the word of the spirit, uh, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Um, John 1 through 4 says, in the beginning, and I'm just going to only read part of this, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. This is talking about Jesus, right? In John, we know that. According to 2 Timothy three sixteen, all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And finally, in Hebrews 4, 12, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates, even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Jesus used Holy Scripture to, to fight off the temptations of the devil, right? It, he spoke it. It's a sword of the Spirit. And when we speak forth Scripture, that's what we're doing. We're, we're attacking the evil one. We're, we're saying, you know, we're taking the offensive at that point in time. We're speaking out Scripture. And so uh, how often are you guys looking at Scripture? How often are you putting that into your hearts and minds? Like I said in the beginning, I found myself, I got busy, which I think is something of, of right, a temptation, right, to get busy, and you stop putting that into your hearts, and so then it's less there on your mind and heart to speak out when you need to. So uh, as we look forward to fall, you know, here we are in August, August 1st, um, are you planning on fall? Do you have a plan for getting into a Bible study or to... Uh, a small group, right? Um, how about men's and women's Bible study that we have here? I know there's Bible study fellowship that will start in September or there's small groups that are going or will start this fall. So, uh, you know, my my request for you is to consider how you would want to get into a, a group um, to keep in, in scripture. And moving on. And then, then the last part of this um And I think we'll have to, let's see, this is verse 18, so we'll go to the next slide there. Uh, Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Uh, You know, prayer takes faith (laughs) that God will hear an answer. Um, It is... It is powerful, prayer is powerful. And I, I just have a little story to, to tell. It's one of these things that you see God work and it's amazing how it works in your life. And it, it touches you every time you talk about it, even though it happened nearly 20 years ago. And that was, um, you know, my bride and I were on a, over on the coast painted a house for mom and uh, she started getting sick. And we didn't figure it's a flu, whatever, come home. And I stayed home that Monday and, and she's not getting better. I go to work on Tuesday. She's not getting better. Wednesday, things are not looking good. Thursday, she thinks about getting to the hospital or getting to the doctor. And then Friday, she, she goes to the doctor and gets sent to the hospital immediately. Um, She was uh, septic. She was going down the drain and they're doing everything they could to save her. but it wasn't happened, but but and this is the key here, is that because of the body of Christ, the church, prayer became wildfire. It's amazing um, how the body came around us and surrounded us, lifted us up. I mean, it was amazing. God answers the faithful, fervent prayers. And we see that nearly 20 years later. It's, it's amazing. I'd tell you more, but... <laughs> um, so, you know, prayer really is a, a conversation with our Heavenly Father and much more. It's such an amazing gift. It's an amazing gift that we have. You know, and additionally, when we look at, uh, like, Hebrews 7.25, you know, Jesus is there right next to the Heavenly Father interceding for us. So not only has Jesus allowed us access to Abba Papa, he, he's, he's torn the veil, He's taken it down, He's, he's allowed us access, He's also right next, Jesus is right next there interceding for us. In addition to that, the Holy Spirit, you can look at Romans 8.27, the Holy Spirit is there. Who lives and dwells in us, and He understands our hearts and thoughts, and He's given us the words. He's also part of this prayer. So we have opportunity to be praying with the Trinity. I I guess my point is, is are you praying with the Trinity? Are you taking that opportunity to enter a conversation with God? It it is, it's not only individual, it's collective, right, the whole thing. So here's my request, join us at Trinity here, Trinity Alliance Church and preparing ourselves for battle, you know, preparing our spouses and our children and families for battle. And it's just not battle, it's other things. But you got to remember, Satan's trying to attack us at every way. And so there is a battle. If it's not raging right now, it will. It's not a matter of if, it's when. So we need to come together individually and collectively to pray for our, pray for our brothers and sisters here. And as we see in the next division... Preparing for our pastors in battle. Yeah, I knew I'd be running a little bit long, <laughs> but it's getting a little longer than I want. So um, what would your heavenly father say about your prayer life? Do you find it difficult praying in the spirit? These are some of the struggles I have. And so I, I just wanted to share. And I'm going to quickly go through this next next division here. It really is, Paul is still focusing on prayer, but I, I have this part here. Um, the weapon to fearlessly make the gospel known. So this is, this is a weapon we have too. So there's one is prayer is, is preparation or defense, but the other one is offense. So weapon to fearlessly make gospel known. Prayer, uh, pray, this is Paul 19 and 20. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in change. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. The gospel is the great news of Jesus. That's what Paul is saying. Pray for me that I fearlessly share the great news of Jesus Christ. Jesus defeated the evil one, and, he's only, and only in his power can we. We don't do it. It's only in, power, in Christ's power. Paul, knowing this, asks Ephesians to pray whenever he speaks, Pray to carry out his duties as an ambassador and pray he declares the gospel fearlessly. Again, I've said this, but Trinity Alliance meets Tuesday evenings at 6.30 down in the cafe for prayer and intercession. We also meet Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock down in the cafe to pray for the services. It's a pre-service prayer. And we pray for others and lay hands on the pastor or whoever's speaking that day. Right? Again, we're trying to pray. We're lifting them up so that they will speak the word fearlessly. And after services, one or more elders will be up here um, to pray pray with you. And that's something we're trying to institute, put in place. We also, as I said, have small groups, prayers in small groups. so, so really, you know, there's opportunity and I don't want you to miss it. We, prayer is so important. Prayer is so important. Are you regularly in conversation with the Trinity? <laughs> and that's so neat. You can be in conversation with the Trinity. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And then... Uh, let's just go to the conclusion here Um, and there's just a number of points here but the battle is raging in the heavenly realms it is raging it is out there Um, satan is doing everything he can to plunder each one of us our children our families our neighbors our country our world satan is at work satan is at work His quest is to steal, kill, and destroy the joy, the light, the life of believers. That's that's his goal. On our own, we have no ability to stop evils pillaging in our lives. Yet, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. 837, Romans 837. Jesus is God's full armor. Jesus is God's full armor. When we are putting on God's attributes, when we're communing with Him, when we're walking with Him, when we're enjoying our time with Him, we are abiding in Christ, and He is our armor. He is everything we need. With an unceasing, ongoing, daily relationship with Jesus, we are protected against the enemy. Not only protected, but when we, but we will reign confidently with Jesus. since we know that, like Blackbird, Blackbeard, Satan too will be destroyed by Jesus in His mighty armor. You know we will reign with Jesus. Satan is going to be destroyed. The battle is won. Let's pray. Father, uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Jesus, for opening the way. Thank you for being our all-sufficient God. Thank you for being our our armor. But it's not um, pieces of function, it's you, it's your attributes. Help us to walk with you on a daily basis. May we understand that the battle's real and that we need you to be the light of our lives. We need you to... Uh, shield and protect us and to be our strength in every way father i pray your blessing um, on each and every one here i pray that the word that the, the the spirit of truth makes this word come true to each one of us may we walk out of here not just with it in our minds today but that we live out a life of relationship with you in jesus name amen